Good afternoon, and welcome to the Rave Cast, episode number three. The podcast I had planned uh, for a few uh, few days, few weeks, whatever it was, it seems like forever ago, but I've been trying to get at it, is I titled it Anger, the Enneagram, and the Illusion of Control. And I found myself in the last couple of weeks being uh, somewhat frustrated uh, at times, let me be a little angry. And I recalled a, a couple of years ago, I, I went to counseling for a while, and my counselor told me that anger is a secondary emotion. And this secondary emotion is crazy because it, it's not, there's another reason why. And normally it's because you feel something like sad or abandoned or the feeling that you have elicits anger as a response. And our emotions are, are hard, if, if impossible, to contain or control or avoid. The, the challenge becomes, can we not let those emotions control us or, or make us become different people? Where we've all heard of that person, like he's an angry person or he's a depressed person or he is something. And, th- and their emotions or their, their feelings take over their character. And so the last, you know, few days, weeks that I've been kind of thumbing through this in my own brain, my own psyche, that I was trying to dig at this a little more and figure out my why of, of, of this frustration. And in so doing, I took the Enneagram test. And this Enneagram test, it's uh, E-N-N-E-G-R-A-M, Enneagram. And it has nine numbers on it. And these nine numbers correspond with a personality. When I took it, I was anticipating being like an achiever or a leader or something of that nature. And now, let me preface this by saying a personality test is normally only a snapshot of where you are in your life at that current moment when you took the test. Yes, they can be manipulated. Yes, you can, you know, fake the answers or forge the answers. But if you truly take it wanting a you know, to learn more about yourself. It, it's a good tool to use where you're at. It may not be who you are. There, there's some other facets that it does not account for, for sure, nor does it account who you're becoming um, or where you've come from. But it definitely takes a snapshot of where you are. And so when I took mine, I scored number seven, which seven on its scale was an enthusiast. And it says this about number sevens. And if you know me, um, you'll know that this is almost spot on. And it says sevens are extroverted, optimistic, versatile, and spontaneous, playful, high-spirited, and practical. They can also misapply their many talents, becoming overextended, scattered, and undisciplined. They constantly seek new and exciting experiences, but can become distracted and exhausted by staying on the go. They typically have problems with impatience and impulsiveness. At their best they focus their talents in, on worthwhile goals, becoming appreciative, joyous, and satisfied. Their basic fear is a fear of being deprived and in pain. Their basic desire is to be satisfied and content, to have their needs fulfilled. And I thought this fit me pretty well because I'm always on the go. I give 100% almost all the time of just, I live life charged almost. And what what I found interesting about it is if 
It can be unhealthy, though. If I don't move in a direction of growth and I move in a direction of stress, then I can become scattered and I, I get all these, you know, it doesn't work. You become more of a perfectionist and it's, it's, it's crippling almost in a sense. But if I move in a direction of growth and consistency, then it says I become focused and more fascinated by life. And lately, I've become more acutely aware of my shortcomings and how they're impacting people. And I had an opportunity today to meet with my counselor and go over some of this stuff. And as I said, I've had some challenges lately and, and facing some of those. And he pointed out to me in a statement that I thought was spot on. And he told me that I've, I've have a habit or, or been inadvertently overestimating my audience was the term that he used. And basically... I had another dear friend of mine over coffee, and he said, when you live your life at 100%, most people live their life at 60. And so when those people living their life at 60, they have a hard time seeing potential. They have a hard time seeing the best of themselves. And it's very difficult when you're looking at that, at that perspective saying, why can't you see this? They're blinded by that. And they can't, it's a bridge too far for many of them to see from 60% to 100%. And when my counselor told me today that I'm overestimating my audience, many of those 60% people who live that way don't want to change. They don't want to know what's better. They don't want to know what could be different. And so what comes across as passion or intensity or, or focus or drive is interpreted for anger and criticalness and all these destructive things that it's not at all. It's just seeing life from two very different perspectives. And, you know, you don't have to look further than Elon Musk who said, you know what, I can launch a rocket. And, and I, I think that maybe not, of course all of us won't become Elon Musk or like him or, or have that ability, but I think all of us can look to desire to, or, or should maybe, to desire to be all of ourselves. You know, like I've, like I've stated before, when I die, I want to leave nothing on the table. I, I just don't. I want to die empty. And so I think that part of that, though, is difficult for other people when they see that and go, they don't understand. I don't get it. And that, that's tough for me. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've made some mistakes and uh, uh, by not, by, by hoping people or thinking people would respond a certain way or, 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 or not, and, that, and that's been obviously a, a shortcoming or a downfall that, that I definitely need to become more aware of, of how to read people and where they're um, currently at, you know, and, and accept them. Uh, accept them at their 60% and accept them for even not wanting to move to 61 or 60 and a half. Accept them at 60 and support them for being where they're at and who they are, not for being disappointed they won't become what they potentially could become. And Charles Swindle had an amazing quote, and I, we, we, I think a lot of us have heard the last line of it, but I'm going to read the whole thing to you that I, that I took off the internet. And Chuck Swindle's a pastor, and he wrote this a lot of years ago, and it says, 
The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on my life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It's more important than the past, the education, the money, than circumstances, than failure, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past, and we cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string that we have, and that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. And man, that's so true. So, so amazingly true. You know, that, that sometimes I think that our reactions are sometimes over the top or sometimes not enough or sometimes, you know, we, we try to spin it however we want, but we're, that's the only thing we really have control over. And But I think we often want control over the response of others, and that's just not the way it works. And Brendan Burchard, a book that I've been reading, uh, High, High Performance Habits, it's said in there that, Take three words that you want to live your life by. And these three words, write them down, write them on your phone, have them keep pop up on your phone all day long, three or four times a day that you can keep seeing it. And these three words for me were love, serve, and inspire. And I, I think that that pretty much sums up what I want to do and, and, and who I want to become known for is to be able to love, to be able to serve, and to be able to inspire. Um, but I want to read you, read you this from the book, or actually from his quote. And he says, first it is an intention, then a behavior, then a habit, then a practice, then a second nature. Then it is simply who you are. And I really like that quote from Brendan Burchard. And I, for the three words that I've chosen to kind of put in my phone and, and have pop up throughout the day is to love, to serve, and inspire. Yes, have I missed it? And have I failed at it? Maybe yesterday, but maybe not today. And tomorrow's a new day. I get to try all over again to, to become those things, to try and to better love, to better serve, and to better inspire. So, hey, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.